Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Good morning, fellow listeners. I appreciate you joining me on the screen porch. I have to say, I had a very heat-exhausted day yesterday placing plants for a new client, and um, it's going to bring us to the subject of today, because while there, I noticed an inundation of Japanese beetles. We did plant some knockout roses there, and of course they were not yet infected, but uh, I was very concerned if those critters were going to come on into the roses, because that's one of their favorite plants. So anyway, I'm going to start with the story. It's a little bit of a continuum of last week's chat, and it starts like this. In last week's column, we talked about the miracle of the robin's nest, though we don't feel the same way about the baby insects, other than perhaps caterpillars that turn into butterflies. We sure don't feel the same way about Japanese beetles now wreaking havoc in our gardens. Japanese beetles spend most of their time underground before emerging. Their crescent-shaped grayish-white larvae are the grubs, which are the baby insects, that live in the ground and feed on the roots of grasses and plants. And so they become a menace before they become good-looking beetles, sporting a green and gold iridescent shell when they emerge and then begin chewing the heck out of our plants. We've shared remedies over the years of our written column, and it turns out Handpicking, especially early in the beetle season, is one of the most impactful first lines of defense. Japanese beetles emit a pheromone lure that draws their kinfolk in to the feeding spot. Another first line of defense? Organic insecticides such as prethrin that kills the suckers almost on contact. In fact, there's a story on the Garden Dilemma's website titled Japanese Beetle Time featuring Carolyn of Columbia which will bring a chuckle. She's the gal that we uh, mentioned when we talked about watering new plant babies in episode 60. I call her my um, gardener apprentice. She, you know, if you recall, complained a little bit about the protocols of new planting, watering. It's a little hectic. Anyway, (laughs) the story starts with, Caught in the act, the culprit of Carolyn's holy rose dilemma. As I arrived with prethrin in hand, There they were, the shiny green and rusty gold-colored beetles chomping away. Yes, indeed, it's Japanese beetle time. A few hours after spraying Carolyn's roses, I sent an email assuring redemption is underway that went like this. It was fascinating to see how prethrin, derived from chrysanthemum flowers, kills the suckers almost on contact. Photo evidence attached. (laughs) As you would guess, I put that photo on the Garden Dilemma's website. It shows, you know, the the Japanese beetles kind of like, I don't know, becoming kind of paralyzed. I know, it sounds a little gross. I've read about the instant impact on insects' nervous systems, but never witnessed it in action. I felt a tad bad for the beetles, and a bit triumphant, too. What a holy mess they're making of your roses. (laughs) I then shared a bit of assurance. Prethrin degrades in a day or two, so during work breaks, feel free to spot spray the beetles for revenge. And stay clear of the tender new foliage as best you can. Hopefully their friends will see the dead bodies and stay clear. Do I sound a tad morbid? (laughs) 
Carolyn replied, Well, I must admit, I am not sorry about the Beatles, as they had no invitation to invade our garden. Yes, there are chemical pesticides and grub controls if you are so inclined, but I'd rather you gather Japanese beetles, as good old mom hired us to do, at five cents a jiffy jar full. Literally, she gave us jiffy jars, and we'd go out in the field, and uh, actually in the garden, and knock them off the plants, and it was uh, an interesting experience, let's just say. Early morning is the best time, as they are sluggish, and will easily fall into your jar or bucket. You can drown them in soapy water, or use plain water to feed them to your chickens or pond fish. Or cook the suckers, as Mom would say as she tossed them into boiling water. Out of character, as she's ordinarily compassionate about critters. But disrespectfully defoliating the garden changes things. I can just visualize the scene now. We would run around, all five of us, gathering these beetles. And uh, there were hundreds of them. And it does help, because all those beetles will lay eggs. And uh, imagine all the population growing and growing. You can markedly cut the population of these critters with a long-term remedy of milky spore, a biological control using milky disease spores. It's a safe, all-natural bacteria, lethal to grubs, but harmless to humans, pets, and beneficial insects. Dispense about a teaspoon every four feet. Grubs ingest the spore, die, then spread the bacteria into the soil that will live for 10 or 15 years. So this is interesting. If my mother's remedy didn't make you queasy, this just may. I heard that if you puree the bodies in a blender and add water to create a spray for plants they chomp, it will infect more grubs with the milky spore disease. Just don't invite me for a margarita after. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So how did they get here? How did the Japanese beetles get here? Like many insect pests and invasive plants, they came by accident. Japanese beetles arrived in the rootstock of plants for the 1916 World Fair. They were first found in New Jersey that same year, and now they are in every state in the eastern part of the United States except Florida, and the invasive critters continue to move west. Speaking of the World's Fair, I vividly remember attending the one in New York in 1964 when I was a child. The most memorable exhibit is one that became famous, and I guess it's in every um, Disney park, <laughs> or Disney World, or Disneyland, I think. Yes, indeed, the most memorable exhibit was a boat ride with an assortment of animated animals and plants and people of different nationalities singing, It's a Small World, After All. It was written by Richard and Robert Sherman, also known as the Sherman Brothers, Walt Disney's staff songwriters during the aftermath of the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis. You likely know the lyrics, which start with, It's a world of laughter, a world of tears, it's a world of hopes, and a world of fears. There's so much that we share that it's time we're aware. It's a small world, after all. The chorus goes, you know, several times long with It's a Small World After All. You know the drill. And boy, as, I, as I'm talking with you, I can just hear the melody in my, in my mind. The song ends with, There is just one moon and one golden sun, and a smile means friendship to everyone. Though the mountains divide and the oceans are wide, it's a small world after all. Yes, indeed. Back to the beetle remedies. Japanese beetle traps can backfire. 
Studies have shown that the pheromone lures attract far more to your garden than you'll trap. By hanging one in your yard, you're inviting the neighborhood of beetles to your garden. Sure, you can trap a bunch, but the rest will enjoy the call to dinner. Maybe a gift idea for your neighbor? Just kidding. It's a small world, after all. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com You know, visiting the lyrics of It's a Small World with you today, what powerful words, and uh, in that is such wisdom about changing the way we do things in this world. I mean, it's remarkable to me that those words were written in 1962, and here we are today, still in conflict and war between nations. If we live peacefully amongst each other and spread love amongst each other, that can grow despite what governments are doing. We can grow from our communities to our states, to our nation, to the world in sharing kindness. Imagine if we all did just that. Well, thanks so much for coming by. I always enjoy our chats on the screen porch, and I hope you have as well. And if so, please share the podcast with at least one friend (laughs) so more can join us in learning and growing in the garden of life and spreading peace. It's a small world, after all. Thanks so much. See you next time. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.